Woody Guthrie Center and Bob Dylan Center present Fire in Little Africa, a multimedia hip-hop project inspired by the resilience of Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And now, coming at you live from Greenwood, here are your hosts, Ali Shaw and Doc Free. Hey, hey, how are you? I'm good, Doc. How are you? I'm doing super well, Ali Shaw. I'm really super well. Uh, I'm doing even better because I'm really excited to talk about what is happening? What is happening? What is happening, Allie? We are just coming off of the Fire in Little Africa recording sessions. Yes. And Electric. Exactly. What an amazing experience that was overall. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Fi- five days, five nights, five I would nights say. Five days of pure magic. Oh, uh, hi. If you're tuning in, thank you. We appreciate you. My name's Dr. Freeman. Uh, I will be one of your hosts tonight as well as Ali Shaw. Yes. Uh, for the duration of this Fire Little Africa podcast business. Uh, Allie, tell us a bit about yourself real quick before we jump into the meat and potatoes. Okay, I am Allie Shaw. I am host of the Weekend Rewind on 105K Jams in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Respect. So that's 80s, 90s, and a little bit of early 2000s hip-hop and R&B. I'm mm-hmm. a true hip-hop lover, if you will. But of course, I like all kinds of music. Um, and I just have a true love and passion for the local artist scene. Uh, that could be any genre of music, but hip hop is really where my heart is at. But they call it calling Mama Tulsa for a reason, y'all. That's yeah, what's up. For sure. <laughs> for yeah. sure. Got you. What? As I said, my name is Doc Free. Uh, you might know me, a little group called Oil House. Uh, Oil House. You I had know, to do it. A little Snorlax representative as well. I also rep Lessons in Fresh, your bi-monthly hip-hop aficionado jam session, keeping it four elements, going eight years strong this year. Uh, amongst some other things that I do around here in town as well, you know, I do a little DJ and a little MC, and so, you know, hi. Yeah. So, let's get into it, man. Fila. The feel-out weekend, the electricity, it was that five days. Uh, we were working with, what, Man. 50 rappers. We had singers, musicians, producers, mm-hmm. visual artists, just like a really good creative energy and spirit flowing throughout this five days creating this project. And really, it was a, a collaboration of Oklahoma artists, more than just Tulsa. Truth. Although, you know, the whole idea behind the Fire in Little Africa project is to talk about what happened on Black Wall Street in 1921, almost 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, But a lot of Oklahoma City artists were here as well. And it was just such a we've we've talked before how it felt kind of like a family reunion. Yes. Of sorts. Yeah. All we was missing was like one of them, you know, little smokers. Yes. We needed the grill. uh, Maybe like (laughs) one of them like barrel fire pit going on saying I know how to hook one of those up. Yeah. Keep it a little country. Exactly. Beautiful. Yeah. And so I would say um, overall that feeling encompassed the spirit of Black Wall Street. Um, And we all know that what that means here. It's a lot of bartering, um, Mm -hmm. giving back. You know, I I got your back, you got mine kind of thing. Definitely. And so we saw a lot of that happening between these artists during that that great weekend. I know, really good community effort between everyone involved. I mean, we're talking like close 24-hour sessions were going on. Oh, yeah. Uh, just like a lot of people, a lot of energy, ideas, and emotion packed into several different recording studios over this monumental weekend yeah. of recording to create this project. Yeah, and a lot of artists, I felt, really shined their best I, that, that I've ever seen. Like, they just came out the gate. Yeah, came like, out the gate, out the rafters, yes. out of the rocks. It was like watching Seven Samurai or something. It was just like 
call to protect the town. You know what I'm saying? Yes, for sure. Um, and everyone, like I said, they shined in their own way. Um, but more than that, they worked together. Um, there would be so many moments I would be in a room and someone would walk in. Hey, can I jump on this? Yeah, yeah. Hey, I got the hook for that. And it would happen so organically and so instantly. It just felt like. It was not a mistake, you know fluid. what I mean? Like everything, yes, ex- everything was fluid, for sure. Yeah, not too many mistakes were made. Um, I also, I want to shout out to like the places that, that were allowed for the creation of this. Uh, Skyline Mansion, for sure, was definitely one of the uh, pinnacle moment, pinnacle days of this entire five-day recording session. Mm-hmm. Uh, this being the former mansion of Tate Brady, uh, now purchased by Felix Jones. Shout out. Uh, so now Skyline is... Like this scene now for this epic. Well, speaking of scene, yeah, because we had this really great documentary process going on throughout yeah. this five days filming as well. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful stuff. Um, let's talk a little bit about the guests that we had here. We were really excited to have some really great, yes. great, great people from around the country come witness what we had going on here. Yeah, shout out to Yo and Dylan from DJ Booth. Uh, really was grateful to have the opportunity to talk to them over that weekend and uh, hear their feedback, you know, and see the excitement in their eyes. Also, shout out to Christina and Regina from Bottom of the Map, uh-huh. who they did a, a, a podcast recording at Circle Cinema. That was super dope. Yes. Like, I've never been able to be a part of a um uh, a situation like that where you get like I never said it on a podcast before now I'm mm-hmm. one it's crazy shit but that was super super dope it was great watching our locals get grilled uh, by I would say pros in the game really yeah and they responded so well and um, got the story of what was happening and the energy of what was happening across so so well yeah and shout out to Floyd as well they're they're down in ATL mm-hmm. uh, we also had Ogden from Grammy.com mm-hmm. uh, Dimas from OK Player man oh. I'm an OK Player girl from way back so okay. I was kind of I was geeked a little bit I was kind of a little that. late to the game but I recognized <laughs> as soon as I got the list of who was cracking uh, along with like Jesse from the new agency in uh, got to sit on the van with a lot of these cats and chop it up with them that was a beautiful thing too getting their perspective after getting the information why they were there and seeing things and happen um, especially a lot of them had a lot to say about what they experienced at the Skyline Mansion as yeah. well. Yeah I, th- I think that probably made the biggest impression of all. The Skyline Mansion was a completely different experience. We started at the Greenwood Cultural Center on a Thursday, mm-hmm. ended up at the mansion on a Saturday, but it almost felt like we were there for two days. Like yeah. it was just a one-day session, but yeah, it felt like two days. All right, so now we're going into a bit of the uh, kind of like the foundation of this project, the backbone, the structure of it. So it's going to be not just the music, right? It's not just going to be an album? Right. Right. Well, the album will be we've also got a documentary, like you said, that Mm -hmm. has been included within the process curriculum, uh, which will be talking about the album content and turning that into something that can be taught in schools, corporate offices and maybe even in museums. That's super. So I I look forward to that uh, just as a mother. More than okay. anything, like maybe I'll have some grandchildren <laughs> that As can read this curriculum out into the future. Yes, you, like a little pebble making ripples. I like that shit. Yeah. Uh, and so this album, I think everything is anticipated to drop next February, right? Twenty twenty one. Which will be around the that will be the uh, one hundred year anniversary right. of this monumental event. So every this like the planets are aligning. 
everything, the stars are coming into place. Right. Uh, so with this, there's like a lot of work that goes into it. So shout out to this executive team that brought all of this together, especially, especially our generally in the charge, Dr. View on this one. Yeah. Shout out to Doc. Him, Steph Simon, we've got uh, Dalton, St. Dom, like local artists, mm -hmm. uh, local leaders in the game here, really, that are uh, really glad on this project because, you know, at the street level, that's where where it's got to work. You know what I'm saying? And these mm -hmm. guys are plugged in and they also have the know-how on the other side of things that uh, I definitely believe this it has the chops to go as far as we wanted to and more. And yeah. also shout out to my man, Chris Davis, man. We go way back, man. This cat yeah. is on the artist management for World Culture Music and for uh, this whole project, too, he's as well. A, and he's a producer of our podcast. Yeah, so our producer. Extra special shout out to him. Our man with the hand signals. Yay. <laughs> Ten minutes. All right, for sure. <laughs> 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 and also Trey Thaxton from Greenwood Ave, man, and, and uh, filmmaker Ben Lindsay. I want to shout out to them, too. Yeah. Um, I really can't wait to see the visuals and things that they picked up uh, from across this five days as it's uh, been unveiling and kind of thing. So I'm, I'm waiting for the big release yeah. of that, too. I want to see. Ben was there, like, day and night. Mm -hmm. Like, he, just like the producers. Like, I remember that was kind of my role throughout this whole thing. Like, have you eaten anything? Did you mm -hmm. sleep yet? When was the last time you slept? Hey. <laughs> But they didn't, you know, it was like, I'm good, I'm good, Allie, but can I get some water? Yep, Kept no problem, be rolling. right back. Always <laughs> rolling, too. Like, I don't, I think I, there wasn't a moment where I didn't go more than 20 minutes without seeing yeah. one of them. You know yeah. what I'm Especially if I stepped out to take a break from a room, so. Yeah, and shout out to Sneak as well. Oh, yeah. He, he was in Big the shout out to Sneak. as well. Man behind the camera. So, yeah. So, this is definitely our moment to show the world what's been going down in Tulsa. And to let everybody know that Black Wall Street's got something to say. Mm -hmm. It's, it's time say. for us to tell the story uh, from Tulsa's perspective. Yeah, from Oklahoma perspective. You know, exactly. As, well, as we have a lot of guests that you know are not Tulsa natives come up to participate in this project from their own respective Black Wall Street areas as well. Yeah. Uh, also, we want to give a special thanks to the 1921 Tulsa Race Massacre Centennial Commission, mm -hmm. the Woody Guthrie salute, Center. Salute. Yes, big salute, and Bob Dylan Center for supporting this project. Uh, without them, this could not happen. Not at all. Um, so I, I like how interestingly everyone has kind of had the same uh, view as like, how is this supposed to connect? Like, how is this supposed to work? But everyone trusted the process, and it's like, how is this not supposed to work? Right. You know, it's beautiful. Right, exactly. So recently we were able to sit down with the man himself, Dr. View, DJ View, Dr. Stevie Johnson. Man, he is our fire and little Africa executive producer. Um, and I've always wanted to, I have kind of a brief a description here of him. And I've mm -hmm. always wanted to be that person that stood up and gave this great introduction. Oh, please, by if all If you means, don't mind, can I go velvet, into my voiceover please, voice? Get, 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 get silky with it, please. <laughs> yeah. Stevie Dr. View Johnson is a DJ, producer, educator, and community organizer from Longview, Texas. Side note, I think my cousin's husband is from Longview. I'm going to have to talk to him. And I think they're around the same age. That's probably like the most Oklahoma thing I've heard you say. Yeah, I am an Okie through and through. All right, so Dr. View received his PhD in higher education administration from the University of Oklahoma in May of 2019. His dissertation entitled Curriculum of the Mind, a Black Crit Narrative Inquiry Hip-Hop Album on Anti-Blackness and Freedom for Black Male Collegians, at historically white institutions, received the 2019 Bobby Wright Dissertation of the Year Award for the Association for the Study of Higher Education. 
I'm going to take a breath on that one. Hey. Woo! <laughs> That's impressive. Hey, okay. Really is. Dr. View is also the manager of education and diversity outreach for American Song Archives, which encompasses the Bob Dylan and Woody Guthrie centers. His debut album, Invisible Man, which features all of his own beats and exclusively Fire and Little Africa rappers and singers, is scheduled to drop in May 2020. <laughs> Hey, I wish I had one. Can we get one of those in here? We need one. I mean, I got a real air horn. Don't ask me why, but you know, I need that. I'm just like, and this is really, like, I'm reading this about him, but I'm like, you know, that really doesn't tell you everything about Dr. View. So we're going to let him get into more of his story, introduce himself. We have some juicy tidbits. For sure. So yeah, let's get into that. All right. So today, Fila, Final Africa, we got to get into it. We need to know. We need to know what it's about and what's happening. So we're going to talk to the man, the man, Dr. View, man. Thank you. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing very well. Allie, how are you? I'm doing well. It's good to see Doc in person. Yeah. It's been a minute. It has been a minute. Yeah, I'm glad to be here, despite everything that's going on in the world right now. Absolutely. Our world is changing, but we're going to keep it pushing and keep moving forward, right? For sure, for sure. Okay, so we want to talk about the project. Sure. but can you give us a little history of how all of this got started, the Fire and Little Africa sessions and, and how all of that came to be? Yeah, let me let me try to give a succinct uh, uh, storyline. So uh, I'm uh, originally from Longview, Texas, uh, transported here in 2007, uh, went to the University of Oklahoma, got my bachelor's, master's and Ph.D. from OU. Um, so I've been in Oklahoma for 13 years now. It's, it's crazy. So um, my last year, my PhD program was last year, May of 2019, graduated. And uh, prior to that, so my dissertation was in the form of a, of a hip-hop album. So I was looking at, you know, these anti-black experiences black students were, were facing at historically white campuses in the state of Oklahoma. And so you see the, you know, black face, you see there'll never be another nigger in SAE. And I really want to explore those those situations. And, you know, a lot of the literature was like, you know, black students are not academically prepared or um, they're just not cut out for college. And I just wanted to counteract those narratives to say, like, it's not necessarily that they're not academically prepared, despite, you know, resources not being in their community. But it's more so these racist, anti-black experiences that they're facing where they're like, yo, I'd rather be back in the hood as opposed to being at this campus. Kind of like a, a form of conditioning, so to speak. Exactly. Exactly. So I was like, you know, if I'm going to write a dissertation and it's only going to it's going to be 200 plus pages, like I want to make sure it's, it's accessible to the people who need to hear it, see it the most. So I was like, OK, I'll do the written dissertation, which I did. But I was like, let me create this album. I mean, I'm a DJ. I'm a producer. I was like, let me make it accessible so that, you know, somebody on the east side of Oklahoma City or the north side of Tulsa, parents or students can go on the website and just press play and listen to the dissertation album with the lyrics and everything. And so literally they're getting, you know, a, a bird's eye view of like what to expect of how to navigate education. Like these parents have these expectations like, yo, um, my, my, my son and my daughter is going to college and they're going to be successful. 
but they don't know the day-to-day what it takes to pay for you know college and financial aid not covering that and having to work 30 40 hours a week and then you want them to be involved in student organizations and still like take care of the academics like that's a lot to take take on and and even some students are homeless at the same time so like how do we use hip hop in an educational setting to talk about those things? So that's what we did. We created this 25 track rap, uh, rap album dissertation where artists with students also identified as, you know, rappers, producers and engineers and activists. And so, um, yeah, we recorded the project in, uh, at the ACM downtown in Bricktown. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was a staff member cause I worked at UCO. So I got free studio time on the weekends so shout out to the acm for you know doing that so long story short brandon odom um is a guy that i went to school with tulsa native came to oklahoma city to witness us creating this album similar to the fire in little africa weekend Mm -hmm. and so he comes in and he's just amazed we got two studios going at the same time we just knocking out like you know beats and and production all that stuff Fast forward, we complete the album. B.O. is like, Brandon's like, yo, come to Tulsa. I'm not working at the time mm-hmm. to finish my dissertation. So I'm taking a leap of faith. I was like, yo, bro, it's $10 to get on this turnpike, man. I ain't got no job, man. Like, like what's going on? So he's like, man, I got you. Get on the turnpike. We just having lunch. We just chopping it up. Lo and behold, Stanton Doyle walks in. Stanton works for George Kaiser Family Foundation. Shout out to Stanton. Comes in, he introduces me to Stanton and starts to tell him about, you know, I work at, I used to work at the University of Central Oklahoma, Student Affairs, got this dissertation hip-hop album, dissertation hip-hop album, what is that? <laughs> so I started kind of explaining what it was, show him a couple, we had music videos to go along with it too, caught ourselves a space program um, after, uh, inspired by a tribe called Quest. The uh, 2016. I'm, I'm just one moment. You're definitely <laughs> speaking my language. Yeah, yeah. Right yeah. now, you know that's my favorite group yeah, of all time. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, thank you, thank you for your service. Uh, album dropped in 2016. They had a song called Space Program, and they said there ain't a space program for niggas. So we was like, yo, like we can be that space program that allows people to be themselves authentically and be vulnerable and like talk about these social issues that are affecting our communities. And so, so we, that's what we call ourselves, the space program. That is supremely what's up. <laughs> like, right? Like, I'm looking through to the future. I'm like, Tip, if you're listening, uh, Tip, if you're listening to this right now. Wait, 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 listen, wait. Thank you. And, and Jarobi and Ali Shaheed Muhammad. Yes. Rest in peace, Five yeah. Dog. Yes. Rest in peace, Five, man. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful, man. That is beautiful. Yeah. So, like, that's, um, I, I see now how the wheels and the gears have turned. Basically, yeah. the planets kind of align because, like, yeah. there's like a cosmic feel. That it is. And what's get. crazy is like, I never, I never saw myself as like a traditional like professor or an administrator. And so the whole time in my program, and the only reason why I did it was uh, my vice president of student affairs paid for it. Okay. Shout out to Myron Pope, and I was like, bro, I don't know why I'm writing this dissertation. I'm not going to be a professor. I'm not going to be an administration. Like, where do, where do I fit? And so go to Tulsa and meet Stanton. And I've been applying for, like, 15 higher ed jobs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got, like, over 10-plus years experience. Like, mm-hmm. not hearing back from anybody. 
Oklahoma like that. It wouldn't know. just just nationally. Like I'm, I'm okay. Just, I'm applying everywhere because my my wife is like, okay, look, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, right, yeah like, what's going on? Wait, 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 and let me tell everybody, he's got a hand <laughs> up to his ear right now. Like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. So why you put him out there like that? Yeah, but, you know, good. I, shout I out, come shout from out. a radio background. I have to paint the picture. For sure. Shout <laughs> so. out to my my baby Ariel. She's a ride or die for real. So yes. I leave Tulsa, and I'm getting back on the turnpike, and I'm crying like profusely in tears mm. because I'm like, you told me, I'm talking to God at this point, like, man, you told me to, you know, quit working, finish this degree. Um, I'm applying for jobs. Like you wouldn't bring me this far and like, not to like show me where I need to be. And then I just stopped and I said, you know, wherever you want me to be, that's where I'm going. No questions asked. Mind you, Tulsa was never on the radar. I get back to my house before I can put my key in. I get a call. Stanton Dole's like, yo, can you come back to Tulsa? I said, you realize it's $10 on this turn fight, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. come then, on, Wait, man. wait, wait, wait. Hold on one second. We had this conversation before. You know you could get the Pike Pass fam. I know, get but a discount. at the time, I wouldn't think about no Pike Pass. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've been living here for a minute. I still have not thought about a Pike Pass. Yeah. Well, y'all know, on deck. Yeah. I have to travel back and forth back home. So, you know, that's all the reason why I'm familiar with the Pike yeah, Pass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, he says, can you come back to Tulsa? And... I said, yeah. So probably like a week later, come back. And he's like, hey, we uh, have this position available. It's the manager of education, diversity outreach for the Woody Guthrie and Bob Dylan Center. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very like critical thinker. And I always think before I speak. So as they're telling me about this job, I'm like, what the fuck does a 30-year-old hip-hop head scholar have to do with Woody Guthrie and Bob Dylan? Like, mm-hmm. I just couldn't see the connection. And all Stan said was trust the process. I said, that's cool, but I still need the, some understanding. Mm-hmm. He showed me the salary. I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to trust the process. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, so this is, this is last year. So in January 2019, Dreamville came out with Revenge of the Dreamers mm-hmm. documentary. I'm, I'm, I'm writing my dissertation when I see the documentary drop. And I'm like, yo, for context, Dreamville, J. Cole, you know, 10-day retreat for Revenge of the Dreamers. They invited over 150 artists, recorded over 300 songs in 10 days. I was like, that's the dopest shit I've ever seen. I will agree. That's, like, some very clued in, like, as far as, like, the pantheon of hip-hop documentaries go. Like, I feel like that's something that's going to be talked about for a while. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So I was like, yo... And I'm writing my dissertation. This is before Stanton and everything. I'm like, if I ever get an opportunity, I want to be able to do that, like, on a bigger scale. I already got this dissertation album. I'm like, I want to, like, do more work around that. Mm. I'm in the meeting. They tell me about the job. And I was like, I got a non-negotiable. They was like, what? I said, what are you all doing for 2021? They were like, it was like a, a long pause. They were like, what do you mean? I was like, well, what are you all doing? for Greenwood. I mean, like, the 100-year commemoration is coming around the corner. It's George Kaiser Family Foundation. Let's be real. We know about the perceptions, whether they're good or bad. Like, what are we doing to, like, pay homage to, you know, Black Wall Street? And they didn't have anything at the time. So I'm thinking about my dissertation. I'm thinking about Revenge of the Dreamers. I'm thinking about Tulsa and, and the possibilities. I said, that's... You know, allow me to executive produce a compilation hip hop album. And I said, we can 
do a documentary. We can develop curriculum. We can do an art installation. That's the museum world with the Woody Guthrie Bob Dylan Center. They said, yeah. So that happened in April. I moved here in August. And the first person I pull up on is Steph Simon. And I'm like, yo, you the OG? Like, this your, this your town? Like, this is what I'm bringing? And we knew each other prior, but it was one of those things where, like, we rock with Dr. View, but Dr. View with the foundation. What What's up with that situation? Mm-hmm. So a lot of, like, my job with the Woody Guthrie Bob Dylan is about, you know, diversity and community outreach. And my perception of education is about communal. It's not just about four walls and somebody standing in front of kids and trying to teach them and throwing stuff down their throat. It's like us having a conversation now on this podcast is education because now we're having conversations that we probably wouldn't be having. And now we're able to build like community and find ways to support one another, which is the whole essence of Black Wall Street. Dialogue versus, you know, constituted regurgitation. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so um, I just hit the ground running. Going to Steph's spot. Going to Broken Arrow in Tone's crib. St. Dom. Like, first two weeks, I'm seeing everybody. They're like, yo, like, what are you doing? Like, are you selling drugs? I'm like, no. Like, I'm doing my job. Like, mm-hmm. I know the uncertainty, the indifferences that you have in regards to this project and who's involved with it from a financial perspective. And it's just like, yo, how do we just come together and make this a a legacy album, a legacy project that we can provide access for the hip hop scene in Tulsa and Oklahoma. And once we just started to, once they started to see like how I valued them and their perspectives, whether it's with contracts and being able to walk through that and, you know, make edits, like everything was cool. So like from August up until now, we've really been grinding out, developing this, this, this legacy project. I'm not even, it's not even an album. It's a legacy project that is truly going to transform how people look at hip hop and how we're truly transforming lives, like trying to save black and brown folks or poor people, people of color. So, um, so yeah, like that's kind of how we're here today with Fire Move Africa. Just we've just been telling the story and being authentic mm-hmm. and not allowing you know things to get into the way of, of, of us telling the story the way we want to tell it. From talking with everyone involved that you mentioned, like were there any like perceived setbacks that everyone was in concurrence on? It's like, yeah, they all mentioned something specifically. I think it was more so just like going back to. And I've been very transparent with my job, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been in board meetings with the George Kaiser. Mm-hmm. And to the point where, like, you know, they've just been concerned about, like, who controls the narrative? Are we able to say exactly what we want to say? Mm-hmm. Um, as far as who gets credit, mm-hmm. uh, contracts. Mm-hmm. Like, that was a, one of the biggest things. Like, yo, I've never experienced, like, music business contracts. And mm-hmm. we, developed, we developed one. And Steph was the first one, like call me like yo like i can't sign this and i can't allow 60 plus artists to sign this i bet what do we need to fix okay we get on the call it's me stanton it's the lawyer that we have with the foundation and we talked for two three hours just like figuring out what those details are see that that's dope because i think there's like a perceived notion um especially at the street level like when it get to like that moment where it's like 
are we going to are we going to be told the truth kind of thing so you already have this perception of like mm. i'm about to get duped kind of thing yeah which in certain cases like i love that you're telling the story right now because like there are moments where the shit aligns where you're not as long as you're direct they're going to be direct with you yeah. and that's how the word the world should work excuse me all the time sure. unfortunately it doesn't but that's beautiful man and that's why we I mean, we had a conference call after so we had the first revision of the contract mm -hmm. and then we had a conference call we invited all you know artists involved and we just talked about it and people talked about concerns or they're like yo we're ready to go um and so that's just really the the conversation that i've been having like even for me like people will see me as this you know this guy with his phd and who can dj and they'll be like, oh, he's just Uncle Tom who's working for this, you know, this foundation. And it's like, you don't even know where I come from. Mm -hmm. You don't even understand, like, the similarities I see between my hometown of Longview, Texas and Tulsa. It's a big country city where everybody knows everybody. Mm -hmm. And so, like, when people truly, and that's why I appreciate, you know, again, this communal education. Like, I'm letting people know who I am. And I'm even putting myself as a sacrificial lamb to say, like, yo, like, this is who we are. And if people can't respect that, then that's on them. It has nothing to do with the fact that we weren't transparent in telling our story. Right. But overall, like, that's just been the the key is, like, for me to be direct and me to own up to my faults, too. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know anything about contract. My bad. Okay, how do we fix it? How do we move? So those barriers, like, yo, it's just it's just communication. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really just at the core. How do we listen to each other? How do we communicate? Like, what needs to be changed? And how do I not let my ego get in the way of, like, getting to what we're trying to accomplish? And establish that trust from jump. Exactly. exactly. And that's why, I like, the first month or so, my, my boss was like, are you working here? I'm like, yeah, I am working. I'm just not in the office. I can't be behind my desk and send emails out to artists or send texts. It's like, that's how artists <laughs> yeah. operate, man. Yeah. Like, everybody right now. Right now, if you don't listen to this right now, look at your phone. What does the email icon say? Okay. If it's more than 10 or 20, it's not. It's come on. Some of y'all got like 8,000. Come on. But I feel you on that. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to get lost in the sauce. Uh, but it's the personal touch, you know, which I think um, is the bell ringing and reverberating throughout this, that personal touch. And even from like a pandemic perspective, mm -hmm. like. I think people are expecting like, yo, we're not going to be able to live our lives mm. the same. And it's for me, it's like the personal touch, not the physical touch, but the for me to be able to say, yo, Doc, Ali, Shaw, like, can we meet? Can we grab a cup of coffee yeah. and just talk about like, not even about business stuff. Like, are you good? Mm -hmm. What do you need? Like, what are y'all dreaming about? Like, I think that's, that's the thing for me is like, why Fire in Little Africa is going to be so dope because like we're focused on the personal touch we're focused on getting back to Black Wall Street and realizing that yo just because I'm considered a leader of this of this project doesn't negate the fact or my responsibility to like truly understand your story or Ali's story right to, to the point where like when shit does pop off because it will then it's like oh when I do get some, some capital, I had a conversation with Ali about, you know, X, Y, and Z. Probably, you know, it could be something in relation to radio. Mm -hmm. Yo, you want this? Mm -hmm. Let's do that. Doc, you may tell me some stories that you may have even thought I forgot. But it's the fact that I, I just love listening. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And like that's why like the attention to detail, the weekend, final after weekend, the people that we brought, like it was everything was intentional. And that's something that's sticking with people. And the fact that I've been getting texts from people like, yo, this was the last thing that I experienced before this mm. pandemic. Yeah. And like. If you don't mind, yeah. interrupt you for a second. So I wanted to touch on how we met before the project got started. And that was really when I got to know you even better. Because uh, I'm very much an old school girl. <laughs> like I I, like, I want those in-person meetings, those yeah. phone calls, audio messages, you yo, know, whatever. Um, but the ironic thing is that this pandemic was happening while we were all secluded in a way from the world. Yep. So we really didn't know what was going on. I would say it was what second to last day, maybe when it really started to get serious. It actually was before then because like that's when the Rudy Gobert situation happened. Yeah. And that was on uh that was on Wednesday night. So even before we started. Yeah. So it, it, it kind of picked up then but it didn't get really serious. We weren't yeah. I think most of us weren't truly yeah. paying attention to it until those past couple of days. But then even then it was like it don't matter. This pandemic isn't gonna stop anything. Well the even energy th- was e- incredible. Even, even then I feel like we were just on sacred ground. Yes. And I feel like we were just protected. I and I know like people gonna gonna listen to this like, man, this nigga is crazy. But I'm like for <laughs> real, like I just feel like when we were supposed to be recording at OETA and it didn't happen. Right. And then we moved down the street to the Greenwood Cultural Center and Skyline I mentioned. And the fact that I just feel like we were just covered. We were doing exactly what God and the ancestors of Black Wall Street wanted us to do. And they were like, you know, fuck a pandemic. Like we, we're good. Like right. we're, we're, we're in a sense exempt. And so, um, yeah, it was, it was a very special moment for sure. Yeah. And it kind of caused me to reflect on, you know, one of the last, I guess, pandemic was the Spanish flu in 1918. So it got me thinking about, okay, the massacre happened in 1921. The people who were here in 1918 had just kind of come through that. And then this happened. Mm -hmm. Can we just can we think about that just for a minute? Like, look at what they did. Look at what they built. You know, and now this is kind of. We keep talking about this resurgence, you know, of Black Wall Street. We've all been doing it in our in the hip hop community, I would say, for years now. Like, what you need, Doc Freeman? My bad, Doc Freeman. <laughs> I got two docs in the room. Already. <laughs> what you need? Do you? Oh, you need a DJ? Okay, no problem. Well, I can't do it, but let me find somebody who can. Blah blah blah. And and we use our network and our connection. There a lot of bartering happening back in that time. So. That's what I think a lot of people outside of this market may not understand, like in an East Coast or West Coast area. Yeah. Uh, we do Since things. The Dust Bowl. Yes, sir. Yeah, like even all that. Yeah. Yeah. Go it's, ahead. Go it's, ahead. That's definitely been like a community spirit here that I've uh, felt uh, kind of a bit of a history buff throughout the years and then beyond like Greek, Greek history kind of my thing. But anyways. You um, and your Kim Burns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that has always been the thing. This 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 land, this area, um, from native tribesmen uh, to the freedmen that were released, and then on so on and so forth to now to twenty twenty, like just folks working together while while still recognizing and battling some of the same things. Um, like it's it's like I was saying earlier, those cogs and wheels coming into place, especially yeah. when you mentioned the OETA thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, until our time is ready, yeah. so to speak. And even then, like, going back to being intentional, like, 
you know, the guests that we, so we did this five day, re, you know, recording session, Fire Little Africa, and had roughly 22, 25 people from around the world come, you know, music business executives that from Def Jam, we had uh, represented from the Grammys there, shout out to Ogden, um, DJ Booth was, was represented. Bro, I was shook. I was in the van <laughs> shook. I was like, people talking to me, I'm like, what are you talking to me? Yeah, Why are you talking to me? Yeah, yeah. And, but the fact that like, they came here with the mindset to witness us create an album, which we did. Yeah. But also, we gave them something that was very tangible. So we gave them flash drives that had, like, links to Oklahoma history. So, like, you know, my thing is, like, and that's the nerd in me, like, how did black people get to Oklahoma in the first place? Like, and then what made them want to come to Tulsa? And then obviously the massacre, but also ramification them building it back up 14 years later and then them building interstate 244 and it completely gutting you know black wall street but the important significance of black media the oklahoma eagle the the black dispatch in oklahoma city like all these things are critical to like how we talk about history like through hip-hop through our Mm -hmm. lyrics and so like that's something for me like sonically yes like we have a different sound but just like the the level of intentionality that we take in regards to recording music and bridging the gap between the historical and the contemporary in hopes of reimagining like what life could be 20 years 30 years 50 years from now is what really is why i gravitate to the oklahoma like music scene so much because like there's not there's not artists doing what we do in the way that we do it. And like, we're just so independent. Like, yeah, it'll be great to have like these big executives come and like, you know, sign some people, but like the important significance of artists knowing their rights Mm -hmm. and knowing like, maybe I should hold on to my masters and my publishing and, you know, you know, take a, you know, a Nipsey, Nipsey route. Bro, now more so than (laughs) ever. Ever. Now more so than ever. And I just felt like it was not a mistake that we recorded at the Greenwood Cultural Center um, and the Skyline Mansion, newly renamed Skyline Mansion, may we point out, uh, formerly the Brady Mansion. Um, But one of the things that I I wanted to talk about being involved with the project, I'll be, I guess, doing some voiceover work in post, but I was helping uh, Malachi Burgess set up his production area. Shout out Malachi. Man, shout out to all the producers. Yeah, yeah. Man. <laughs> Motors with that 2020. Yo. With that 2020 visual. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, we were setting up and he, he wanted to check the mic and I said, okay, well, let me read something here off the wall. And I picked the last paragraph and it was about the graves. And we both just had a whole moment. This is before anyone even got there to start recording. And it set the tone for me. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that the spirit of the entire project, I felt it bleeding through um, the entire time was five days, five yeah. days a night. So yeah. it, I cannot even begin to tell you what that energy felt like. Um, but it, it was an amazing experience. I felt the same energy. I mean, I, and I felt it the, the moment I came to Tulsa because before I bought my house on the north side, they had us house, my wife and I, my son, uh, right above 36 degrees north on Maine and Cameron, which is, you know, historic Greenwood. And, like, first time ever being able to stay downtown, open up my windows at night and see the skyline. And just, like, 
really just felt like this energy of like, you know, like the ancestors just like really just like just all over me, like covering me, like yo, like you are on assignment, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like if you're gonna do this, you're gonna do it this way, and then like for me to be as humble as possible to say like yo, just use me however you see fit. And even when, like, things happen as far as, like, you know, not recording OTA, it's like, damn, like, okay, what are we going to do? And then a, a minute later, yeah. like, just getting this this spirit, like, what about Greenwood Cultural Center? And, like, being able to talk to them and just really making something out of nothing. Like, that's the thing. Like, we had no recording studios. Mm-hmm. We literally made something out of nothing, both at the Greenwood Culture Center and Skyline Mansion. Like, that just shows, like the resilience that we have as like creatives as people who understand the the, the history the the good the bad the ugly of Tulsa and Oklahoma like yo like we really doing some stuff out here like we are and I, and I say this all the time like I respect everything that Nip and Pac and Biggie and Gil Scott Heron and Roy Ayers and Nina Simone and Malcolm X and Marcus Garvey and James Baldwin and Ella Baker have done. But it's like, we are those people now. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. we are the reincarnated Ella Bakers and Gil Scott and Roy Ayers and, you know, all these people, the reincarnated O.W. Gurley. Like, like it's, it's no coincidence that I believe that and I'm walking into that. And I feel like the more that I'm able to express that, both verbally and just like by example, just how I just treat people. Mm-hmm. I feel like people just gravitate to that and be like, yo, like if he's going to be his authentic self with where he's at and I'm grinding as if like I'm here, like everybody's just going to gravitate to it. And, and and that's just, and that's just what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Like there was not one person, whether at the Greenwood Culture Center, Skyline mentioned that I didn't see have a smile on their face. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't see nobody frustrated. I was just like, I would see, like, Mally. You know, obviously, he, he smiles all the time anyway. <laughs> yes, but, like, does. I would be like, yo, Malachi, you good? It's yeah. just a smile, bro. It's just, it was just very, like, it was a beautiful thing to see. Just people, like, yo, like, I didn't even know I could I could work with Canvas or work with a Chase and Ryan or a Burns or, and the fact that we have that now established, like, yo, like, this is, this is a great step mm-hmm. to everything that people want to accomplish as long as like egos are not involved. So, right. Yeah. I loved seeing the bridge between Oklahoma city and Tulsa. There was so much um, love yeah. uh, between the two and so many moments that I could go into probably a little later, but that was one thing that really resonated with me. I felt like, because sometimes it does feel like a little competition, yeah. you know, kind of like an OU, OSU thing or where I'm from, Lexington <laughs> versus Purcell, you know, but it, it wow. did feel, what? Well, okay. Y'all didn't know <laughs> I was from a small town. Hey, we yo, can talk about Lexington, yo. Oklahoma another day. Yo, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and, and, and that, that connection that they had, like, it was all love. It was family. It was yeah. almost like a, a reunion, yeah. if, if you want to call it that, hey, you know? Straight up was, there were some cats that I ain't seen since like 2013, mm-hmm. 14. I might have seen them individually, but like all of them in together, but from the 405 coming up to the 918 to do that. Big, big shout out. Grand National Beating Man, man. JB. 
uh, I met Thomas Who for the oh, first time. Man, bro. Look, my mind was blown, and then I got to introduce him to Bambi, and then I got to watch his mind be blown. Yeah. So A- yeah, AKA I rap better than you. Yeah, that's, oh, yeah, yeah. That's... I need. By the way, I still need that shirt. He, know, he knows what I. He's on the top. Knows yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, everybody's. I, I look at it as like the wealth gap, mm-hmm. yeah. like you know, people who are poor are, are, are getting poorer and the rich are getting richer. And it's like when people really understand like what I have and what I try to hold on to is really some scraps that I really should be sharing to where that we can kind of build up ourselves. I think that was the true essence of like that weekend, primarily with Oklahoma City, Lawton, and Tulsa coming together. So it's like, yo, we we genuinely want the same thing. Yeah. We genuinely want the same thing. And it was almost like a preparation for real life of what's happening to us right now. Cause I'm thinking about, you know what, if I got some eggs and you got a roll of toilet paper, can we trade at this point right. with everything going on in our world? Real you talk. know, but that's, that's serious though, because like, I feel like this pandemic is like, like a, a warning shot mm. from, from guy. He's like, yo, if y'all don't get y'all shit together, <laughs> like I'm about to yeah. <laughs> take everybody out. Yeah. And it's like, yo, like, we 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 ended right before the the pandemic really got like bigger. Yeah, we ended on a on a high note, like on a climax. And it's like, yo, like let's not take for granted what we had. Like Chris McCain messaged me today. He's like, uh, it's off of off of my album coming out. He's like, these some good times we live in. I tell you right now, so you don't look back and miss it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yo, those words mean way more now than ever before. And I'm like, why? He was like, because, yo, we recorded. That was the last, like, inter- human interaction that I had before this pandemic. And right. it's like, yo, people are really starting to understand, like, if we don't come together and truly, like, build, like, we're just going to be frustrated and arguing about the same things of why we didn't make it to where we needed to be. And it's like, I don't care. I didn't ask for this stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask for none of this, man. All I wanted to do was finish my degree and live a peaceful life with my wife and son. Mm. I didn't ask for it, but I'm walking into it. And so for me, it's like, yo, Final Africa, you can take Dr. View's name off the shit. I could care less. I don't have to produce a record. I don't even have to listen to a song. As long as people are getting their shine and it's organic and it's authentic and people around the world can see like, yo, I don't know what the hell is going on in Tulsa, but they just got that it factor. I don't care who gets the credit. Like we had a security guard rapping in one of the uh, studio rooms. Like <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Hold on, no, who real is talk, this? real yeah. talk. I can't yeah. remember. I can't remember his name, but like he was a security guard at the Greenwood Cultural Center. Rabbit was like, "Hey man, what y'all doing?" Yeah, <laughs> and he spit, and it yeah. was it went hard. He was his authentic self and got on. But that but that just shows like yo people are really interested. Of the twenty two people who came to Tulsa, I think at least fifteen of them are writing articles about the mm-hmm. weekend that they experienced. And it's not just about the studios; it's about the places that they went to. It's about the panel discussions and the people that we brought in, the uh, the Vanita Coopers, the Silhouette, the the Kojos, the Greg Robinsons, the um, Aisha was still she rises like. Um, all these people who truly like elevate like the Tulsa hip hop and creative scene, like everybody is interconnected. And so it's just, 
it's just dope. Like, I think we're one of those people where, like, you know, we always come around like, hey, man, you checked out uh, such, such, such an artist? He's like, no, I ain't heard. He was like, man, you need to start listening. And then you three months later, like everybody's on, on, on this artist. And I feel like that's what's about to happen with Final Little Africa. It's like, yeah. yo, we recording this album. We record this album. It's releasing next year. Like, it's about to blow. Like, get on get on the bandwagon now because the shit is about to take off. So, And I, and I really believe that. I 100, 100% concur with you on that. It's like, um, it's been, oh, man, I'm always going to keep it a secret, man. But goddamn, when everyone's like, what's what you up to? I'm like, I got, ah, you know, <laughs> you know. But also talking to those people and I'm like talking to friends of mine that either teach in China or they're doing their thing on either side of the nation or somewhere else kind of thing. Um, and the ones that I know that are active in their music communities there, it's like, I'm not hearing them talking about something similar. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're, they're like, well, how's it going? Well, you know, we got double booked and this band was being whack and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, cool. I can't can't wait to have you see this light. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Like, it, it's, it was awesome. Like you said, seeing everyone at Skyline Mansion smile on their face. With the like, TNT truck outside, yo, and, uh, and and wait, shout out to nephew for personally hand delivering. Like you didn't even have to go to the truck; <laughs> he would come in and get your order yes. and run back. You know, because he he's been on his fitness thing, so he's trying to get his steps in. Is what I oh, thought. But I was like, yo, nephew, thank you so much. And that's back when we could give hugs. I With hugged the, him so much. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to TNT. We had the dispensary sponsor. So oh yeah, Sap Extract. Shout out Gabe and, and Tyler. But like yo, it was just some some real family reunion. Like yeah. bro, when I saw the mic set up, uh, when I passed the foyer, it was like the ESPN or rap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Had me right there in that room, bro. Yes, uh, so, uh, yeah. was it? Shout out Brandy podcast. Shout out, shout out, uh, my homie man on that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, it was. It's just again, it was intentional. Like even the basement, it gave oh, like yeah, it man. gave yeah. like dungeon family vibes. Like very just, much. It's 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 just a beautiful thing, man. And and just shout out to Felix Jones and for yeah. one like purchasing that that mansion. Obviously, with the context of like Brady, who was part of the KKK, and um, was one of the people, one of the ringleaders of like getting the massacre even like started. And the fact that, you know, Felix comes through, you know, Booker T alum, University of Arkansas, Dallas Cowboys. It's like, yo, let me buy this mansion and rename it and we use it and we use it in a way that's just like, yo, like, yo, like, it's like, it's kind of like a, like a fuck you. Type, oh, I was about type, to say, yeah, I like, was say the radio, the F you. <laughs> and it's, it's the same way it felt when Steph did his show there the, the Saturday before. It was the same feeling, but amplified because the whole family was there. Yeah, yeah. That's how it felt. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's just a it's just a beautiful thing, and I think if more than anything, like the ancestors were just smiling, like yo, like this is exactly what we wanted. This is how we wanted it, and this is and we're and then letting us know, like yo, like this is ours, like and we have to like stick together. Um and, and just just continue to make it bigger and better, because uh, again it's it's a legacy project. It's something that we can tell our kids, our kids can tell their kids, and go on down the road. So I'm I'm just excited. Well, that's beautiful, man. Um, I personally <laughs> segue. 
Cause like uh, when I got invited, I got I got to sit in on the, one of the orientations, and you mentioned you opened up with a bit about yourself. So I want I want to talk a little bit for a bit, a little hot second. So about Doctor View. So okay. Um. So like you you mentioned, you, you make some fire beats, bro. <laughs> okay. Like no one knew who's Craig. I didn't want to know who was on what Craig whenever we got the beast but then they were like that's me i was like okay (laughs) all right so real quick question man like is there a um is there like a ritual or process that you would like to share uh with our listeners like that you use when you go to create my my biggest skill is discernment okay so i'm a i'm a i'm a sample heavy guy i'm I'm big into 70s funk soul Mm. like that's just my niche that's what i was raised on okay. um so like i just i'm just trying to get back to the soul like, okay that's just that's all i try to do so it really isn't a, a process it's more so just a feeling it's a gut feeling that you know my mom always said like listen to like your first mind okay um and so if i'm i could literally be in here something on spotify playlist could be playing in a bar we could have a conversation and I'll just, it'll just hit me. Okay. And I was like, oh, I got to Shazam it. And then I'll, I'll find it. I'll Shazam it. And I'll find it. I'll buy it. I buy my music. I don't. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I, yeah. 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 You already know. I buy it and I, I, I produce in Logic and uh, I chop up my, my samples in Serato samples as a plug in. And I just, I just go at it. And you. So it could come from anywhere at any it, time. It it's like you don't just sit down at your station and be like, you know, I've got my my incense burning. And I don't have time. I got you. So, <laughs> all right, so, here we go. Okay. The, the crazy part is, most of my beats in my folder was a collaboration with me and Two Piece, mm. and it was the Sunday before the deadline to to submit beats. Okay. And with the all the business stuff and getting ready for the weekend, I just didn't have time to create. So a lot of the <laughs> the meetings or dinners that we had planned or showcases, I didn't even attend because I was in the studio. I cooking. just felt the energy mm. and I was just cooking on spot. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was like, and it was crazy. Like it typically takes me like 45 minutes. Mm. I was cooking like 15, 20 minutes and it was right. just, just, just kept going. So yeah, man, it's just, it's just really just a, a gut feeling, man. It just when you feel like, you know, it's just something right or it's just a, a melodic sound or like just a, a breakdown or a bass line it just sounds just so trippy mm-hmm. and you just know like you know that's soul but i can flip it into something that's contemporary that they that is just but very distinct that's just what i go with okay, okay well while we're at it, i got a few 45s at the house i'm gonna bring to you because <laughs> uh i know you could loop some of them and i want to hear yeah. that little record scratch yeah, sound yeah. On it too. I, could, I could do that i could do that so yeah that, that's 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 the approach man that's yeah. the approach well, you got crates, I got crates. We all need a crate day. <laughs> yes, yeah. we do. Yeah, a little crate day. Yeah. Uh, also, and a little, you be mentioning a little bit about, like, uh, your background and how uh, Barry Gray's Last Dragon has been an inspiration. <sighs> so I, I do wanted, that, man. I had to, I, because, I mean, uh, it'd be like one of those things, if I were, like, to be, like, finish this line, Suki Huki Yat Saki Su. Sock it to me, I sock it to you. There we yeah, go. Yeah, man. Come on. So you try to test my, try to test me, man. Come on. Nah, real talk. Like I, like for those who don't know, like I, that movie is the reason why my mom put me in Taekwondo. Because okay. I, I put a hole in the wall. <laughs> I was jumping up, bro, and like trying to like redo, recreate these 
these uh these scenes and put a hole in my mom's wall. She was like, "Yo, like I'm putting you in something." <laughs> so yeah, like shout out to you know uh, Alex Azar and, and Taekwondo and Longview Second Degree Black Belt. Nice. Yeah, but like that movie, man. Like just seeing the TriStar with the with the uh the white horse, I was like, "Yeah, my movie's about to come on, man." Yeah. But like even like context with like the movie and this project. So. Leroy was going around the city of New York trying to figure out who the master was, like, and not realizing that he was the master. Like, he was just so invested on, like, somebody else has to be that person. And for me, it was like, when I learned why I was called to Tulsa, it was like, damn, like, maybe in this context, for this project, I'm the last dragon. But the part that I watched it maybe like a month ago, the part that I that touched me recently is like even when he realized that he was the last dragon, he was trying to share it with everybody that he was connected to, mm-hmm. and that's the same thing I'm doing with this project. It's like, yo, I've been called, and I know I'm not from Tulsa, and the politics come with it that I'm an outsider, but like when I truly figured out like why I was brought to, to Tulsa, but also like. I'm able to share it with everybody. Um, like that's just the the epitome of what Black Wall Street represents: value, impact, and legacy. The three things I just live by: value because I'm not invested in y'all because y'all are dope innovators and creators, or that y'all have the best ideas, but because like y'all are my people, and the fact that like y'all haven't given me a reason not to trust y'all. Mm. So when y'all come. And be like, yo, I got this idea. I'm going to hang up in your face. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be like, uh, okay, maybe the service went out. Call me back again. Like, yo, view, I got this idea. Hang up in your face again. I'm like, okay, now I'm mad. This Negro done hung up in my face. And then you call again. And be like, yo, Doc, yo, Ali, how much y'all need? Is it 20000 Is it 50000 It's $100,000. That's, that's where I'm going. That's where we're headed. It's like. Talk to the accountant. Like okay. we can we can we can worry about details later because I know what y'all are asking for is not to take money out of my pocket, my family, and it's not just for your benefit, it's for the people that you're connected to as well as the community that builds impact and that ultimately creates legacy. So like that's the whole metaphorically we trying to show everybody some moves. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And then we're gonna have the twenty twenty visual remix. <laughs> With uh, Malachi Burgess and Dr. View. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. For real, for real. Well, that's dope. I definitely want to touch back on that because when she said I was like hook, line, sinker, I'm in, yeah. I'm in like Flynn. Yeah. Like I, I grew up with a very big Shaw representative, but like the narrative throughout that film, you know, and like you say, like how he was going out to search, how you went out and sought out Dom, Tone, Steph to talk to them, like, hey. I even put it's it like pil- this. It's a pilgrimage. Yeah. And I and so so two two things happened, but I'll talk about one of them. Steph Steph Simon, aka Dickie Rowling. This is this is his town. I knew that. Probably like a month and a half, two months ago, he was he just randomly texted me. He was like and it was kinda like a stamp of approval. And he didn't have to say it. He said, Man, you know OW Gurley's not from Tulsa, right? I was like, I'm aware. Very, very much aware. He was like, okay, I just want you to know that. And it was just his way of saying subliminally, like, yo, like, 
we don't care that you're not from Tulsa, bro. But like, what you're bringing like to us in community, and it's mm-hmm. not just like, yo, I'm trying to take credit for it. I'm like, no, like this this platform I got, yo, Steph, yo, Doc, Ali, you know, what what are we gonna do with this about this situation? Because mm-hmm. I'm not trying to make decisions for for people. I can't remember the exact like phrase, but it's like, what you do to me without me in the room, you're doing against me. I think Greg Robinson said that with Medicare. Shout out to Greg. But that's the thing. It's like, I'm not trying to make any decisions without the people that I'm connected to. Like, I'm not about to sign no deal. And it's it's a shady deal for everybody involved. Like, so the more that I can include people, like, within the vision, mm-hmm. like, the better off we're going to be, like, moving forward. While we got that, Tim, I was very um, – that you just came up. Because I know you spent 13 years here and uh you don't mind sharing your age now? I'm 30. Yeah. So, like, that's close to about half your life <laughs> you spent in Oklahoma, but you spent the most poignant years growing up in Longview. Yep. Uh, so I wanted to explore just a little bit more about, like, the similarities um, that you see here in what what spots got the edge these days. So Longview, Texas is two hours east of Dallas. So it's country. East Texas, we call ourselves pine, the Piney Woods because mm-hmm. it's just it's pine trees everywhere. Um, it's probably like forty five minutes from Shreveport, Louisiana. So, like, it really is just a big country city. It's probably like it's not as big as far as population, but it's about roughly eighty five, ninety thousand people. Um, we're known for football. I mean, obviously Texas in general, but like. East Texas, like that's some Friday night light yeah, stuff. Yeah, right it's, some, it's some real <laughs> yeah. Friday night light stuff. Um, and we just had a lot of a lot of dope people come out of there, like Trent Williams, Malcolm Kelly, mm-hmm. um, both who played for the Washington Redskins, um, just dynamic people. Um, but yeah, man, it's just really just like it's one of those things where you you walk into a convenience store, or you're at a just at a barbershop and the first thing people are going to ask is like who's your people <laughs> like mm-hmm. uh who who you, who you related to mm-hmm. and it's like oh yeah yeah i know i know who that is so it's, it's really like it's character it's a character building type of city to where like you can't really be off your p's and q's because everybody is watching and it's not necessarily just to to make sure you don't you know, F up, but it's more so like protecting you from what's happening in society. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, a lot of gang violence. Um, I stayed on Margot Street, which is a very rough neighborhood. Um, and it, it was just p- points where my mom just even, wouldn't even let me leave the front yard. I didn't understand, mm-hmm. especially as a single parent. Like, I didn't understand, like, I just want to go down the street and just, like, kick it with the homies. And it's like, nah, you ain't doing that. So, um, yeah, it was just, like, education-wise, like, my mom had to use a different address to, like, get me to, like, better, you know, quality education. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was very, just very smart. Like, I felt like I wasn't smart enough to hang out with the, to, with the white people, and I wasn't cool enough to hang out with the black folks. So I was just, identity-wise, it was just, it was difficult, and I tried to com- combat that with sports. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, like the similarities, like it's just a big country town, man. Like everybody knows everybody. Um, it's a very, uh, how can I put it, family environment. Um, people just love you. They, they 
they pray over you constantly. Uh, and they just, they just really want to see you succeed. And it's like, ever since I came to Tulsa, it's like, I've been the most creative, the most outspoken, the most loving, both from like professional standpoint, even like from my marriage and my son. Um, and I just been a go-getter and I've, and I've realized like that same energy I've been feeling now is the same energy I felt like growing up with. You know, my mom and like teachers who poured into me, uh, coaches, things of that nature. So, yeah, man, it's just it's very similar, like open roads, like you can get anywhere in, in 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people really genuinely just want to have conversations. It's Southern hospitality. Um, and it's something that I just couldn't when I've, I've, you know, I've traveled everywhere. And it's like, man, it's just something about like me feeling like I can talk to somebody and just have like this good like spirit mm-hmm. about them. And like, that's just something I've gravitated to in Tulsa. I had people who I went to school with at OU who were from Tulsa. Um, like you moved to Tulsa? Like what? But I had to realize like they've been conditioned in an environment that I've never experienced in Tulsa. So I have to be graceful, empathetic with how they look at Tulsa. Like when I even posted like, I love the town. They was like, the town? Like, do you even know the connotation of like what that means? It's like, bro, we reclaiming that. But yeah. they don't understand it because they haven't seen it. So um yeah, it's just been a beautiful thing to see. I love Tulsa. I'm not I'm not ever leaving Tulsa. Um, regardless of whatever position I hold, like Tulsa's where where I always will be, like for sure. I have a question for you that I want to ask of every one of our guests. How old were you when you learned first learned about the Tulsa Race Massacre? <laughs> Let me see. In the words of Jacoby Ryan, um, I was looking at these Polaroids and books I got loans for. I didn't know about I didn't know about Black Wall Street until I was twenty four. So And you're was, thirty now. And I'm thirty now. Okay. So it's and and it was crazy, like it happened like during my master's program and like PhD. So it's like it took me to get a bachelor's after to get a bachelor's degree to learn about the massacre, which is only an hour, two hours away mm-hmm. from you know where I'm living, and it's just like yo, like that just boils down to identity development. Like people are struggling about like what occupation I'm going to be, or like how people are going to like love me for who I am. It's like if people just knew their history. Like it would just help people just understand how the world sees them and how they got to have like, I don't give a fuck attitude when it comes to like going for their dreams. Because at the end of the day, like I got a PhD and I've, I've reached the pinnacle, but like I can still be killed regardless. Like people don't care. So it's like, why not be authentic self when they're going to try to kill you anyway? Like, so that's just how I, how I take it. But yeah, I didn't learn about it until I was 24. I kind of do want to start off with, you know, yeah. what what was your story? What, how old were you when you first found out? Uh, you're from Tulsa. I'm from Tulsa. I'm from East Tulsa. So, like, we are we are black, we are white, we are Latino, we are Vietnamese, we are Hmong. See? Uh, we are out here. Um, but it was actually a transplant teacher from California that was, uh, it's like our first year of my middle school. I was in sixth grade. And there was literally a paragraph and a half with a picture of Greenwood. And 
uh, I remember she had some information and she paused and I was like, huh? And she goes, huh? I thought there would have been more of this than that here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh? So I go home and how old like, are you? Uh, see, sixth, seventh grade. I was like 11, 12. Okay. But this is like a lot of movies have been coming out around that time on uh, that were depicting like the apartheid struggle and stuff like that. And I was like always in front of the television as a latchkey kid if I wasn't like kicking soccer ball around. So when I say I feel you on that duality, like yeah. am I cool enough yeah. or am I not cool enough yeah. or who I need to hang out with, I get you on that. Yeah. But um, I go home and then my mother's like, oh, yeah. And so that got me asking more questions at a young age. Um, and then, you know, your cognitive self, like, oh, wait, my attention span changes as soon as I, you know, change a channel or see <laughs> yeah. girls. Yeah, then yeah. I revisit this back in high school, and it wasn't until college when I got the most information. I would try to ask whoever I could in my family before, but the more I realized that, like, I got family from Polarville, Oak Muggy, Sand Springs and that Sand Springs man, they were like the closest because they went to the original Booker T. So, like, some family members, like, the first time I meet him, I tell him I went to East Central, like, I didn't know Tulsa had another black high school. I was like, oh, well, uh, 1992, stuff like that. So, learning about that in such a small facet, and then that, like, getting ingrained in my mind because, like, as I said, at that time when I learned about it, there's a lot of imagery in media and films depicting the apartheid struggle rosewood comes out and i see that and i'm like this is this is all these are the stories that i've been hearing yep so uh yeah for me this is fairly young but i was not definitely i would not say fully cognizant and appreciating until about similar age yeah. like 2021 20, mm. and i think uh uh so uncle charlie was on breakfast club mm-hmm. probably like um, three four weeks ago and, you know, they were asking him questions about, you know, Gap Band, what does that mean? He talked about Greenwood, Orchard, and Pine. He started telling me about the massacre. And uh, Charlemagne was like, I feel like somebody needs to tell the story. Like, I feel like Watchmen tried to, like, you know, play with it. But, like, somebody needs to truly tell the story. And I'm at my, I'm at my desk, and I just stopped. And I'm like, <laughs> we here. We on we it. Are here. We on it. Yeah, so, like... Yeah, I think, you know, you talk about Rosewood, like, and, like, literally, like, we just, I, I go back to, like, we're literally making something out of nothing, and we're just, I think people, once they hear the album, once they listen, once they see the documentary, once they see how we're developing curriculum, mm-hmm. um, and how we truly, like, brought all these resources together, like, they're just going to be amazed how, like, just amazed at like what's going on and I, and I and I leave with this it's like I don't even like the term Wakanda anymore okay because I think it's a disservice to Black Wall Street I think before for Wakanda it was Black Wall Street you talk about a people who built you know Greenwood back up in 14 years with no insurance claims mm. like there's some economic wealth and power that is unfathomable like I can't, I can't describe it. I can't even picture like what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, like yo, like we are the mecca, and I think we're we're acting accordingly. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be a beauty to see how we inspire other Black Wall Streets just with this album alone, with 
things that are happening in Flint, Michigan, mm-hmm. and Ferguson, and Oakland, California, and New Orleans, and Miami. Uh, I don't know if you all witnessed the Udonis Haslam like mm-hmm. uh, player Tribune. Like he was telling like, yo, like I'm from Miami and I never experienced South Beach until I became an NBA ball player. Like those are serious that's things. A real, that's a real. That's a real, real thing. That's man. a real thing. Like let's put it tall. So like maybe some people have never been out south before. Like we don't know, mm. but like it's just those things were like, yo, we are truly telling the story and it's not going to be perfect. But it's going to be something that people are going to be proud about and they can't negate because mm-hmm. it's it's just going to be truly just that powerful. And I'm just grateful that I was even called to come to this place. Uh, and I'm just grateful for the people that I'm surrounded by that are going to do bigger and better things like just take the reins and run with it. So Final Africa is just going to be a monumental project that is going to truly save a lot of people the ones that are involved and people who are not even born yet. Mm. Yeah. You talk about that curriculum, man. And you know, Ali is just asked us like when was the first time we heard, like, I, I love how like that's going to open that curriculum is going to open up the door for more young people. Um, it's going to tack on more information for older people, yep. you know? So it's like, and it doesn't it's, matter at what point you learn about it. You're going to get the yeah, full on. Yeah. You're like, gonna, you don't have to, you ain't going to have to go too far, baby. We got you. Yeah. And, it's, and we connected with literature. Like, mm-hmm. so a song that is recorded for this album, for us to look at those lyrics and have educators, shout out to a written Quincy or, you know, things of that nature. And for us to sit down and be like, okay, what is some literature? What is some poetry that is connected to this song that we can provide lesson plans to, to make connections to and like for artists which I think all students are artists like all students are artists to the point where like we're using a hip hop lens to be in a space that we never even imagined like yeah the hip hop industry is going to see this final of Africa but for us to be in the museum world for us to be in the education world for us to be in the theological world like the, the law world like it's it's going to be so amazing for people to be able to use this album as a reference to connect to their work and reimagine like, yo, Final Africa, you know, Steph or Tone said X, Y, and Z, like how did it connect to my life or the work that I'm doing or the responsibility that I have to like save our people? Or like, what does, what does a black wall street department of education look like? Black wall street department of commerce, like, Right. Those are the things that I'm looking at post final Africa. Like, how do we prepare for a pandemic if even if the federal government is not prepared for a pandemic? Mm. Like, so, like, that's the true glue that I'm trying. Or how do we protect Black Wall Street so that the massacre doesn't happen again? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, lo- those are the things I'm thinking about long term. Like, the album is just the, the foundation which is the crazy part because it, it feels so big, but that it truly is the foundation for us to truly be doing some things where we're like not having to depend on people. Okay. Yeah. View, man. That's, <laughs> that's beautiful. Like uh, coming hot off the heels of episode zero, which make sure y'all check out. Yeah. Um, if this is your first, first entrance uh, to fire on little Africa, man, we want to appreciate you very much for, sure, for, for sure. giving us that rundown of yeah. what's to come. The greatness to come. And I agree, Allie. Yes, very much. It, I, 
I don't know. Foundation <laughs> is not even a good enough word, really. But yeah. I, yeah, I don't even know what the word is, mm. but it's. I mean, we're just we're doing what we what we always do. Mm. Which well, is, I would say maybe it's the spark because we've talked about fire and little Africa and the significance and the meaning behind all of that. Um, but we want to reclaim it, mm-hmm. if you will. So that's that's the whole purpose of the naming of the project, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Fila. Yeah. yeah, I was wearing my Fila, Fila. gear all weekend. It's crazy. Too. I've been seeing a lot of people wearing Fila lately, yeah. man. Yes, sir. When Fila come out of you, man. We may be able to do some business. Look, I got my slides from Brooklyn, <laughs> and I'm ready. Yeah, but I, I just want to say I appreciate y'all. Like this is this is surf this is service. Like what we're all doing, and so we're just sacrificing and we're preparing for what's ahead. And it's just going to be so many opportunities. I truly believe that. Um, but yeah, I truly appreciate y'all just, you know, being the leaders and the stewards of, of this podcast. And I know the, the artists, the people that y'all, you know, interview after this, it's just going to enrich like the story, the legacy. So I'm just excited. Well, Doc, we want to say on behalf of the fire and little Africa po- podcast, Thank you again for sure. being here. And we want to remind each and every one of you to be the spark. You say protect your flame. Protect your flame. And pass the torch. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. FireLittleAfrica.com. Thank you. We out! <laughs>